0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm St. Louis Cardinals mega fan Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today, whether on the YouTube channel or watching or listening anywhere on your device. Thanks for tuning in. Sadly, it was a tough loss for the St. Louis Cardinals last night as the offense is shut out and shut down by Corbin Burns and company and Adam Wainwright did his job, but the bottom line is offense didn't hit we'll be talking about that talking about how the Cardinals can bounce back here in game number two tonight and as well as looking at the decision to let Colton Wong go was it the right one was it the wrong one we're talking about all that and more on today's Locked On Cardinals. What's up, Cardinal Nation? Welcome into the show today. It is Wednesday, August the 18th. Getting this one up a little bit later. Apologies for that. But as you might be able to tell on YouTube, moving into a new apartment, new space. So having to get that all ready to go last night to get this set up, ready to roll for today. So apologies for the delay. Uh, But again, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And of course, you can email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Last night was a tough one. Cardinals fall 2-0 to the Milwaukee Brewers and Corbin Burns was as advertised. Uh, The only thing that really wasn't were the strikeouts. That's a big success. The Cardinals had two successes last night on offense, and I'll get into that. But first, I want to start with the positives of Adam Wainwright. His stuff was not supreme. He gave up nine hits in six innings, walked two, struck out four. So, nine of the 14 hits that the Brewers had was against Adam Wainwright. It was not sharp. It was not. I, I'm totally going to admit that. And I think Adam did as well. But for Adam Wainwright to go through six innings, give up the nine hits, work out of some jams, had one sloppy play defensively, which I'll get into a little bit, and only give up two runs. And the Brewers offense is not as lethal maybe as the Dodgers or Giants or or the the, the White Sox. But this, this Brewers offense is solid 1 through 4, 100%. You got OPSs above 8s. You got in the high 7s. Even at, even at the 5 spot in, in Navarre's the catcher got an OPS of 841, an average of 292. And he had a double in yesterday's game. Or a, a, a hit. Excuse me, I guess I should say. It wasn't exactly a double. But nevertheless, he had a hit. So this Brewers lineup is a deadly one, is a dangerous one. They're in first place for a reason. They're now in first place at a 73-47 and mark. They've scored 557 runs, which again, the Reds have scored more than that. So not a lot, but they've only allowed 442. That's a run differential of plus 115. So you can see why the Brewers are winning. It's 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 the pitching that gets that done. But again, for Adam Wainwright to not have his plus stuff and to gut through six innings for his team, that's huge. Because Wainwright is somebody that you know, ha- has been dominant all season long. He's had maybe one or two blow-up bad starts earlier in the year, but since then has been extremely, extremely good. And I think that if you would have told me yesterday that Adam Wainwright goes six innings, gives up two runs, I might have been a little disappointed, sure. But at the same time, I, I would have been happy with it because you also have to, have to wonder, is that is that blow-up start that he had earlier this season or blow-up uh, ability, I guess I should say, is that going to come back to bite him in the butt? It didn't. He was very solid, like I said. He, they're not, he, he, he was solid despite his stuff not being there, and that to me is the essence of a true ace, a true good pitcher. Is how good can you be when your stuff's not there? Because baseball is a weird sport. Sometimes your stuff just isn't going to be there. The, the, the grip isn't right. The temperature's not right. Something of that nature. So how are you when your when your stuff isn't there? And Adam Wainwright was good despite his stuff not being there. And the one thing that everybody was pointing to, or at least one thing that a lot of people were pointing to, was that defensive play with the pop-up, the, the Colton Wong double. And again, I'll get to Colton Wong a little bit later on in the show, is should that ball have been caught? You've got, you got to think about it. On a regular defensive shift, that ball absolutely should have been caught. And that ball was up in the air a long time. But Amundo Sosa, the shortstop, who probably should have had the best angle on that play, was playing up the middle for a, a pull shift against Colton Wong. So he had a long way to go. Uh, Nolan Arenado had no angle on that baseball as he was running practically straight back. So I I think that, you know, that that's a play that probably both of them say, yeah, we should have made, but what, what got me on that play was Edmundo Sosa's throw to second base going into right field and Colton Wong ending up at third base. That was a problem to me because that could have resulted in another run that didn't need to happen. But Adam Wainwright was Adam Wainwright. He was solid and got out of it with, with just that one run scored, give up another run, Excuse me. Give up another run in the third on that uh, Navarez double. Um, I think I misread the box score because I, I, I thought Navarez had a double, and I was, yeah, Navarez did have a double in there. My apologies about that earlier. He had the RBI double. All right, now that we got got cleared up, but after that, Wainwright didn't give up any runs. Give up a run in the second, run in the third. The, the problem was the Brewers got to Wainwright early. That that that's what I talked about on yesterday's show. That the Brewers got to Wainwright early. The Cardinals did not. The Cardinals got to Burns a little bit late as they got two hits in that, in that sixth inning. But for the first five and a third of an inning, they were no hit. That, that's the difference when you're, when you're dealing with, with these aces, with these top-of-the-line pitchers. You've got to get to them early. You just have to. There's no doubt about it. And the Cardinals were not able, unable to do that. And I'm not saying that Burns wasn't good, it wasn't sharp, but the two positives that I'll talk about offensively from last night's game is that they drew two walks from Corbin Burns, who had just 21 walks heading into the season, um, so he doesn't walk very many batters, he had just 21 walks on, in, in his first 20 starts. They were joking on the radio broadcast, I was listening to the, that part on the radio, that he probably has so few walks that he can tell you the 20 men that he had walked before that. I thought that was pretty clever. And the Cardinals only struck out three times. I know that they didn't score any runs, and I'm not trying to, to make something out of nothing here, because I understand it was a failure of an offensive night, but at the same time, only striking out three times. Against Corbin Burns as a success. Here is his game logs of his last couple of games 15, 5, 6, 6, 12, 8, 5. So, yeah, a little bit low here in the last couple of starts, but you can see 175 punch outs in 127 innings. You can see where the punch outs have been a problem for teams facing against, um, pissing off rather, against Mr. Burns. And the Cardinals were able to just get two only strike out three times against him, draw two walks, which is something else they have done very often. So at the end of the day, I, I mentioned in my Locked On Now video that was posted on social media at uh, uh, LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter. I don't think I shared it to, to Facebook yesterday. But the bottom line is that we saw we saw, excuse me, still how eye opening and how much of a different uh, how, how different these two teams really are, because you've got the the Brewers who were who only scored two runs, were able to get it done. The Cardinals only gave up two runs at home, not able to get it done. And again, maybe if the Cardinals were facing the Brewers' three, four or five pitcher, then you say, okay, well, maybe they would have scored more runs. But nevertheless, the Brewers were facing the Cardinals' number one. And I know you can, you can tell me that Burns and Wainwright aren't the same that Burns is worlds better than Wainwright, but you can't tell me that Wainwright is so bad that he's like the Cardinals' four or five. Wainwright would probably still be starting on most Major League clubs, most. And I'm comfortable in having that stance and having that take. So it's not like the Brewers were just facing just any old, you know, Johnny Holstaff. They're facing kind Wainwright. So they had a tall task ahead against them as well. They were able to scrap across two runs against Mr. Wainwright. And even though that the Brewers did strand 13 runners, went three for 15 with runners on scoring position, they got their job done, and that, that's what playoff teams do, that they find a way even when they're unable. It, it's the same thing that when Knight was able to be strong without his best stuff, the Brewers were, were able to be strong without their best results coming, and the Cardinals weren't. They left seven seven runners on base, the seven runners that they were gifted, and they went over five with runners in scoring position. That, that, that just is what it is. O'Neill had a tough night. He had um, three of the three strikeouts. Or three of the seven, three of the seven team strikeouts, I guess I should say. Um, even though he should have been hit by a, looked like to be hit by a pitch. But at the at the end of the day, Brewers got to win it early. Cardinals did not get to Burns early. Burns settled in, did what Corbin Burns does, and mows down the lineup. That just says what it is. Again, you have some positives from, from a team standpoint that you can say, okay, guys, we we did this, we did these good things. Uh, let's try and carry them into into the next start, into the next game, and that's great. That, that, that's what they're going to try and do. However, the, the task doesn't get too much easier with Freddy Peralta. But how can the Cardinals bounce back? Because the Cardinals do have an opportunity to bounce back because some might say that Freddy Peralta is the easiest, he's, air quotes there, easiest of the three starters that the Cardinals are going to face this week, and I tend to agree with them. So we'll be talking about how Jack Flaherty can lead the Cardinals into a bounce-back win uh, have, after this short break here on Locked on Cardinals. Today's title sponsor is Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans like you. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for locked on Cardinals once a week. I'll we'll be getting back into that this week. So, yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to or watch here every day. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. And you'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reaction to big news or rumors. And so go ahead, download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, or the NHL. But I would recommend joining the MLB group chat. To know when my room goes live, you can follow me at LJFastball, so you won't want to miss it. I'll be sure to see you there on my next Green Room. Follow that account for the notification and be ready to roll. Changing the way we talk sports, that's Green Room. Forgot to mention they're the title sponsor today, so apologies to that. So today's episode is brought to you by Green Room. But the Cardinals have Jack Flaherty on the bump tonight. Couple good things, couple not so good things about that. The the we'll start with the positives as well. Jack Flaherty coming off a solid start, six innings, against, shutout innings against the Kansas City Royals, only throwing, giving up rather two hits against the Kansas City Royals. But despite the Brewers not having the best offense among among playoff teams, Brewers still have a better offense than the Kansas City Royals, and they'll be facing off the the Brute Cardinals rather will be facing off against Freddie. Parato. so we're going to start with Jack Flaherty and the the kind of negative thing that I look at with Jack Flaherty is his numbers against the Milwaukee Brewers and again I, I don't like to look at this as you know this is the end-all be-all but it, it's interesting to look at because I don't like necessarily showing stats against the entire team but it leads into my next my next point so here we go so in his career for Jack Flaherty which dates back to 2017 13 games all starts a 5-2-1 ERA three and six records 67 and a third innings pitched He's got a 1.3 whip, which isn't too solid. Uh, he's given up 14 home runs in those 67 and 30 innings, 39 earned runs. So, so that's not great. However, you look at it th- this year in his one start against the Milwaukee Brewers uh, in 2021, six innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, and six punch outs. So, you look at the recent numbers, and, and they'll tell you that Flaherty has a good chance to have success tonight. Now, let's, let's look at the individual numbers for players currently on the Milwaukee Brewers. Kristen Yelich is the one that jumps out to me because he has been struggling this season, hasn't necessarily had the, the strongest of seasons, and he's had strong numbers against Mr. Flaherty. 28 at bats, 25 at bats, rather, eight hits, that's a 320 batting average. He's 393 on base and a 600 slugging percentage. Has two home runs, a double driven in three. Walk three times and struck out seven. So Christian Yellow seems to be either strike count for most of the time or get a hit against Jack Flirty. That's not good numbers. The other good numbers that uh, he has, again, this is a very limited one, but the New Volgabach is two for six. But Lorenzo Cain is the other one that's going to be in the starting lineup tonight. He is six for 23. That's 261. A homer, runs driven in, and 10 strikeouts. Uh, his slugging is at a 391. So pretty solid numbers for Cain against Mr. Flirty. And you, you had to expect that he's going to be in the lineup tonight because you'd have to expect the, the A-team in, uh, in there for the Cardinals. And I realized, or for the Brewers, and I realized I forgot to change the graphic. There we go. Get that going up there. Because this is all about, can the Cardinals bounce back? Jack Flaherty, I have confidence in. Just like I had confidence in Adam Wainwright, I have confidence in Jack Flaherty. He is going to have to continue the success. He built off in his first start back uh, when he faced, against, faced off rather against the Kansas City Royals. And he has to know that this is a different team. And he's going to know that he's going to do his prep. He's going to do what he needs to do. But Jack Flaherty, I think, needs to go out there and prove it. Be the ace that he, that he says he is. And he did that his last time. I'm not trying to be too doubtful or too negative on him or whatever, because I think he can do it. I think he has the wonderful ability to do this. But the, the thing is, not, okay, I'll go out and do it. A lot of people have a lot of abilities, but Jack Flaherty has the ability to go prove it tonight against a very good Milwaukee Brewer team. And the problem for the Cardinal offense will be Freddie Peraltas. He comes in to the start with a, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, 9 and three, two two six ERA. And in his one start against the St. Louis Cardinals this season, it was good back in May when he went seven shutout innings. He gave up just one hit and walked one and struck out eight. And he has decent numbers against the Cardinals in his career, 450 ERA and 28 innings. The real bad numbers came in two starts in 2019 when he gave up seven earned in six and a third innings. He had a 3.72 ERA against the Cardinals in 2018. But Freddie Peralta coming off a very good start against the Cardinals and has all the momentum in the world. And let's check and see how his season is going against the St. Louis Cardinals or his career numbers against the Cardinals. Not a lot of experience, only uh, the most is 11 at-bats, and that's Yadier Molina. He's 2 for 8. Paul Young is 3 for 10. Nolan and Matt Carpenter are both 2 for 10. Harrison Bader's 1 for 9. Paul Goldschmidt, which is the probably the lone big bright spot, is 4 for 8 with two home runs. So look for Paul E.G. to get one out. Um, I'm thinking that if you're going to be saying, ooh, who's going to have a good game, who's going to have a bad game, uh, I would pick Paul Goldschmidt to have a good game tonight with, with the good career numbers against Freddie Peralta. But it's basically the same M.O., for the Cardinals tonight, it's going to be the same method to success, the same recipe for success. Get to the starter early and go from there. Get to the starter early and often. Because if even if you get him one run early and then he settles in, maybe Jack Flaherty gives up two runs in a dominating start because that can happen. So it's, it's the same exact key. I think the key is going to be the same for each three of these games when you're looking at how the Cardinals can get runs against this very, very good pitching staff. Get him early. Get him often. Get your pitcher a lead early so then your pitcher can settle in. Because a pitcher, there, there's nothing in my opinion that settles a, a pitcher down like achieving a lead. You get a lead, you have a chance to to go out there and just shut them down the rest of the way. And especially, especially when you have a guy like Jack Flaherty on the mound that is... is an an ace in his own right, is a very good pitcher in his own right, then I think that's when you have the opportunity to really, really give your team a good position to win with a lead. And what the Cardinals need to to start doing is winning when the Reds, Padres, and Mets lose. Reds, Padres both lost last night, and that's going to be the difference because, yes, you can be satisfied with with one out of three this week against the Brewers if the Reds and Padres both lose one out of three as well. But in that same token... We're running out of days here. You need to start making up ground, not just staying where you're at. And the Cardinals have done that. They've come from eight games back to get to four in the wild card race. That's great. That's all fine and dandy. Now it's time to make up ground with a bounce back win tonight. A lot of pressure on Jack Flaherty, a lot of pressure on the whole Cardinal offense. We'll see if they can step up. And just to be completely honest, they did not step up yesterday. At least the offense didn't. Adam Wainwright did. So, the the two keys that I've talked about a lot on this show that I talked about on yesterday's show get to Flaherty, or I'm sorry, get to Peralta early and let Flaherty settle in. And if Flaherty has his A plus stuff tonight, I think he continues the success he had in his last start against the Milwaukee Brewers. And if Flaherty can give you six seven innings, that's a win because you've got Flaherty and you've got the big three ready and rested and ready to re- excuse me rested and ready to go because did, we didn't see Cabrera last night, we didn't see Gallegos last night, and we didn't see Alex Reyes last night. Gio's had a couple days of rest and or three or four days of rest at this point now. So he's going to be ready to go as well. And that, that, that to me is, is the big thing of what, what's going to be the difference in this game. And I'm not saying that Josh Hader or this series, I'm not saying that Josh Hader and Devin Williams are done for today, but the fact that they, that he, they used him yesterday makes me more confident that even if they use him today, maybe they'll be unavailable tomorrow or, or vice versa. So, the Cardinals, I think, are in a very good spot here if they can get to Freddy Peralta early. I feel like that would be the probably the 18th time that I've said that in this episode, but that that's a big key to me because you don't want Freddie Peralta. You don't want an ace like this. You don't want a top-tier pitcher like this settling in. You just, you just don't because if he settles in, that's when you start getting problems, and we saw that last night against Corbin Burns. And that, that did not end very well in case you, you forgot already for St. Louis Cardinals. And I think that the the, the those those are the keys that I'm, I'm gonna be done talking about the, the bounce back. I have confidence in them. I still think the Cardinals have an opportunity to win two out of three because of Jack Flaherty on the mound today. John Lester did get uh the call for tomorrow's game as Miles Michaelis will be making his return um return on Friday rather than Sunday. So we'll go ahead and be looking forward t- to that. But before I move on to segment number three, just a couple of news and notes. Uh, one, Miles Michaelis is coming back on Friday instead of Thursday, which, which is fine. Don't want to rush him back. Get him starting game one against the Pittsburgh Pirates series. And Dylan Carlson to the then 10-day injury list. Austin Dean recalled. We saw him pinch it yesterday for Lars Newtbart in the ninth against Josh Hader. That's a big loss. That is a big loss to this team. Dylan Carlson, I'm not saying he was going to be a favorite for Rookie of the Year, but he's – he, he's part of the one of the most exciting outfields in baseball, in my opinion. And he has the opportunity to be a superstar at this level. And that, that risk that was just going to bother him for a few days has now turned into an IL stint. And I, I feel like we say that a lot with St. Louis Cardinals of like, oh, this will be just a couple days. And then it turns into an IL, IL stint. We saw this with Kim not once, but twice this season. We've seen this with Carlson. And I think it's been a theme for a while. And it's just unfortunate that Dylan Carlson is on the I.L. for many reasons, but that we initially thought that it was just going to be a couple day break. Uh, he was originally in the lineup yesterday even, but nevertheless, no longer in the lineup as he is now sitting um, on the injured list. And Cardinals are going to be without him for at least 10 days. Hopefully it's not much longer than that. But the good thing is, I guess, we get to see Lars Knutbar get some opportunities and hopefully shine in that role and stay on the Major League Club when Carlson comes back. So the Cardinals need to bounce back by doing exactly the opposite of what they did offensively yesterday and pitching similarly to what they did yesterday, hopefully with some better stuff from the starter. We'll see what they can do. Segment three, we're talking Colton Wong. We're talking Tommy Edmond. Did the Cardinals make the right or wrong move in letting Wong go? He's having a pretty solid season. I'll get into the comparison numbers next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar in the business. And it's because it tastes like a candy bar. You can have one of each of these nine flavors and you can find your favorite. Get coconut, cherry, bar shea, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My mouth is literally watering, thinking about these built bar flavors. And if you want to know what my favorite is to let you know what direction to go, get double chocolate. They're all covered in chocolate. So, of course, I'm going to get the double chocolate. Get a mixed box and get two of each of the nine flavors. And if you're afraid they're not healthy, don't worry. I'm going to ease your fear. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. So order today. Get the raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, or whatever you'd like. Bilt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team as well. So go to Bilt.com right now. Use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your order. You get a great tasting protein bar. It's incredibly healthy, and you're saving 15%. Winners all around. So go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off your order. And bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing as we are nearing the pennant race, and you can check all the action at bet online. You can also track all the action for NBA, NHL, college football, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. i got a sign-up bonus coming for you guys in just a minute. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website now. What are you waiting for? BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With the promo code locked on, that's right, fifty percent extra of what you deposit with the promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, should the Cardinals have let go of Colton Wong? The Colton Wong uh, option was for twelve million dollars. Uh, could have been picked up. The Cardinals decided to let it go. There was a brief moment when you thought maybe the Colton Wong would resign with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but alas, he did not. He signed a two-year contract, seven million dollars here in the first year, eight million dollars in the next year, a two million dollar buyout, 2023, in which he could make ten million dollars. That's uh, not a lot of money for somebody who's giving you plus stuff at the plate and at and in the field. Excuse me, uh, like like Colton Wong is, uh, because you know you thought that the cardinal or the Cardinals, I guess, thought that they would be happy. With with Tommy Edmond in in at second base position because he showed some some promising things. Sorry, the graphics are messing up on YouTube. Apologies for that. Hope they can get that fixed here soon. Uh, Tommy Edman was showing promising things at second base, at least in, or at least at the plate in two thousand and. And um, excuse me, in 2019, so he thought maybe he could build off of that, be solid at second base, give you some decent defense. Uh, but he has not played to that level here in 2021. Uh, slash line of 254 on base of 302. That to me is the killer, and a slugging percentage of 375. And just a caveat before I you know go too deep in this: Tommy Evans has played 116 games, and Colton Wong has only played uh, 79 games due to injury. So I understand that. Um, but, but still, this is this is worth noting. Colton Wong's slash line of 285, 346, slugging 457, OPS of 803, OPS plus of 114. Average there is 100, and Tommy Yemen has an OPS plus of 88. So the, the stats will tell you, yes, Colton Wong is a better second baseman, and we, we know that he's a better defensive second baseman than just about any second baseman, so that's not a knock on Tommy Yemen. But the, the, the stats right there that I just showed you, Colton Wong has – has a better stat line than, than Tommy Edmond. Yes, Tommy Edmond is cheaper because he's not signed to a uh, you know a full extension contract. yet, still under arbitration. But even in just seventy nine games, and again, I know RBIs aren't the, the true measure, but Colton Wong only has five less RBIs. Tommy Edmond has two less home runs, and Colton Wong, Colton Wong has nine. Edmund has seven. And in get this, Colton Wong has only three hundred thirty five at bats where Tommy Edmund, or played appearances. Where Tommy Edmond has four hundred ninety five. And Colton Wong only has seven less walks than Tommy Eben. So Colton Wong is, is drawing walks more than Tommy Eben. He is striking out less than Tommy Eben. The, the rate's probably higher. But he, he's doing a lot of things better than Tommy Eben. And I'm not here to bash on Tommy Eben because I think Tommy Eben is a solid baseball player and can help a major league baseball team. But at the same time, he had good chemistry between Wong and everybody else. He'd been a Cardinal for a long time. He had had great moments as a St. Louis Cardinal. And I, he, he looks good now I think he's got some flair. But that neon yellow and that Milwaukee Brewer uniform just doesn't look entirely right on Colton Wong. It just doesn't. So you have all these different factors, and and I, I really bring this up because Wong did have a three hit day at Bush Stadium yesterday. And I'm, I, know, I know not to to react to instantly to everything because Colton Wong very well could go over four and could go three for four today, and then it evens out. But over the course of the season, we have not seen that. As in the stats I just mentioned. So I think Colton Wong, and I was one that was okay with letting Colton Wong go because I understood that may- maybe it cost too much. But at the same time, now that you're seeing, and and I was happy with Tommy Edmond. but now that you were seeing what we get from Tommy Edmond and what we've gotten from Colton Wong, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that I'm not trying to be, ooh, I told you so because I didn't. I was on board with Tommy Edmond. I was okay with Tommy Edmond. Yes, I was, of course, sad to see Colton Wong leave, but I understood it. And now that, that decision seems to be like it's the wrong decision. Colton Wong having a better season, and yes, he's gotten hurt, and that that could be a factor in your decision making process now as well. as saying ooh, do we really want to take a second baseman that has only played eighty games by August or by by mid August? I guess I should say you know, that that is a question. I understand that. However, Colton Wong was a great Cardinal. He had like I said, great moments. The the intangibles were there for Colton Wong as well as the tangibles. I know he was coming off a little bit of a down season, but we've seen that he can what he can do with full season or a full season's worth of playing time. I mean, he was one of those guys that once he got full playing time, he took off with it. And I love Colton Wong. And again, I'm not trying to, to bash the front office and be an I told you so or to be you should, should have done that, that. Hindsight is 2020 now that we've had the um excuse me, now that we've we've had the the season played out, or at least most of it, we know how most of it goes. Yeah, you might might have told yourself back in uh, back in December, "Hey, you should probably sign Colton Wong. He's a better option." And Colton Wong has proven to be a better option, at least here in 2021. At least right now, right here, right now, that decision looks like a poor one. And Colton Wong just falls off the table next year. time me, him rises a little bit, then you're thinking to yourself long term, yada yada yada. But right now, a little bit more of a short term explanation. Cardinals lost that one. Letting Long walk was the wrong decision. And that that is that that that's where we stand right now. So, and I wish they would have signed him. It is what it is, um, and w- we move on with our lives and we go from there. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're watching on Twitter or not, Twitter watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform. Cardinals first pitch tonight, six forty-five. Jack Flaherty trying to help the Cardinals bounce back. Can he do it? We will find out in a short while. But until then, be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Another episode will be coming out hopefully on time tomorrow morning because um, I'm you know mostly packed up and ready to go here in this new apartment. So on YouTube and on Facebook your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and on the YouTube channel. Press the notifications to get notified when a new video pops up. And until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.